Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast. Well, there is Bob Morell, and we're here recording a new episode of Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. We've just been talking about Jack Nicholson. And to anybody who's interested who's been listening to our film podcasts, wouldn't he be great in some amazing sales film? Wouldn't he have been a towering sales director or something? He could have been awesome, couldn't he? But Bob's just looked him up on IMDb and he hasn't made anything since 2010. Very sad. And for those of you who've heard our episode on Glengarry, Glen Ross, the young Jack Nicholson would have been amazing as Ricky Roma. Mm. And the old Jack Nicholson would have been really great as Shelley Levine. Having said that, Nicholson generally plays winners, upbeat, positive, clever people. Mm. He doesn't often play people who are down, people who are losers. So it's funny. Now you said that, I've immediately focused in on two films where he is a loser. <laughs> Which one's that? The Man with Anger Issues with Greg Kinnear. And mm -hmm. uh, he lives in the apartment. That's great. Oh, gosh, I can't remember what it's called. But is he ultimately a confident person? And The Shining, of course. Still confident person, yes. confident writer. Yes. Anyway, we digress. Let's talk about our topic today, which is titled, Does Selling All Begin With An Email? Well, it's a very good question because we receive a lot of emails all the time. And before we get into what's said in emails, let's just talk about this general principle. We believe that lots of people live in their inbox. And what we mean by that is they rely on email as the beginning, the middle and the end of any transaction that they're involved in. Now, email is an amazing tool. It allows us to send large documents. It allows us to keep in contact with people. It allows us to um, send amusing and humorous and touching and different types of mail in a very direct and specific and short way. At the same time, it is incredibly difficult to create, build, and develop a relationship just by using email. Mm. And we often train groups of people, and one or two of them might say, well, what I generally do is send an email. And you think, why are you counting on the email, which has no personality, it has no tone, it has no voice, it's just literally words on a screen. How are you relying on that to help you sell something rather than a conversation with a person. Let's look at channels and the change in channels. So if you take the careers that Bob and I had in media sales going back a bit, we never began with email. We only ever began with the phone. And anyone listening to this, probably over the age of 40 something, uh, did, it was the same as us. You would pick up the phone because you would reach your prospects or your existing customers via their landlines in their places of work. And of course, that has changed in a work from anywhere world. We've got people all at home and we know that the new interface of Zoom, Teams and so on has been the method of communication. But it's not the method that you first do. You, that's always set up. That's a date. It goes in the diary and then the link is in your calendar. So there is a difference here is people say, well, we use Teams. Yes, you do. But that's not how you make the contact. It seems certainly in business to business relationships and selling it seems to all begin with an email. Now, how many are you receiving a day? If you're listening to this and you're in a buying position or an influencing position, you could be receiving 10, 10 or more emails soliciting services to you with all sorts of things. 
So one of the things we'd like to deal with first for a bit of fun is a little guide to really what you shouldn't be putting in your emails, because if you are using this as a way of selling and making contact, because ultimately, why do we send an email? Because we want a response and we want a meeting and we want to sell or improve that relationship. So it's all selling, folks, isn't it? So, Bob, let's kick off with some stuff that we really should not be doing in these emails. So quite often you'll get a contact in particular from LinkedIn. So LinkedIn for business has become the default way that you find out who a contact is in an organization. And then you'll send them a direct email either through LinkedIn or if their email's on their profile, then you'll send one to them. And often these will be sales related emails uh, introducing a product or service. And we get quite a few offering us things like software or coaching software or training software or things mm. like that. And when it first comes in, it's a cold, junk piece of email that we haven't requested. And if we thought twice about it, we could immediately unsubscribe to that email. Um, but we don't. We sometimes just ignore it. So then you get another one coming through a day or so later. And it will say something like, as per my last email. Now, what that does to a cold prospect is what you're really saying is, well, you obviously ignored that one, so I'm now reminding you, rude person, that you should respond to me. Whereas actually, I might not even have read that email, but your, as per my last email, is trying to make me feel guilty. So that's annoying. Now, another few bits of terms that are annoying, There's, apparently this is quite a common thing. So you sent me an email, I've ignored it. So you resend it to me and say, I'm bumping this to the top of your inbox because I think it's that important for you. And again, mm -hmm. that's rude. You know, how dare you? Often with forward on it as well. Yes. In the same same thing that you've Absolutely. missed it. So forward because you missed this. Now imagine if I sent you an email, Jeremy, that said, just to be sure we're on the same page. Oh, da -da 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 -da. I mean, that's that's annoying. For future reference... So that means, for future reference, I'm telling you off there, when this happens again, that's another annoying term. Mm. And going forward, going forward, everything's going forward these days. Mm. Now, there's some more which I think are much more annoying than that, especially for prospecting. I get this a lot. Jeremy, I'm just reaching out to you. Reaching out. The only people who reach out in my book are the four tops. Okay, Everybody else doesn't need to reach out at all. And there are other reaching terms we could use that we won't, which um, we wouldn't mm. want you to use either. But reaching out, I'm reaching <laughs> out to you. Oh, I'm reaching, please, please grab hold of my hand. I'm reaching out to make sure on the same page because I'm a vicar handing you the hymn book to make sure you're singing <laughs> from singing the, the same right hymn. Hinge? Yeah. Oh, I mean, that, that all on the same page comes from organized yeah. religion where yes, there was, you know, quite long services. And are we doing the nunc dimittis or are we singing yeah. a lovely Charles Wesley hymn? You know, come on. Now, you are guilty of this one occasionally, Jeremy. You sometimes say just a quick note and then send a massive tome of information. Okay. Oh, I thought I'd given up on the briefness no, of the... just a quick note oh, that's awful. as a good Internally, one. Internally, if I'm um, doing that, I'll stop. Now, there is a new one as well, which I know is the parlance of our times, but it just drives me to distraction. Hi, Bob. I'm super excited to show you our new software package. Super excited. What's wrong with very? What's wrong with extremely? What's wrong with quite? You know, or just excited. But are you really... That reminds me of David Mitchell and his yes. ripping a part of the word passion. How passionate you know, aren't, are you? Oh, aren't you passionate about break. fine art? Super fine, excited. You know. yeah. um, how about this? 
Now, we get this a lot, Joe. You've had this in the last week, I'm sure. Hi, Jeremy. I came across your profile on LinkedIn. Mm. I just just leafing through. I yeah. thought we had one or two things in common, so I thought we'd just make contact. No, you want to tell me something. I came across your profile. Odd expression. Now, this is the one I had the other day, which I think is really funny. Dear Jeremy, I trust this finds you well. I was born in 1740, <laughs> and that means that if I was to meet you face to face, I'd shake your hand and say, good afternoon, Jeremy. I trust that you are in good health. Now, where would you ever use that term in normal conversation? I trust. I you am well. in good health, but my horse is not so well. Could you stable no. her? Well, and then uh, our meeting that- could be conducted later. We're in the middle of a fuel crisis. So, yes, I've had some stables put onto the side of the office because people are riding to meetings now rather than using cars because of the lack of fuel and diesel. Yes, the whole thing's ridiculous. So I trust you are well. I trust this finds you well mm. is from the 1740s. It is. Why are we still speaking in this sort of Shakespearean fashion? It's, it's ridiculous. Now, this is habit, isn't it, Jeremy? This is all about habit. We put these things in and we think that sounds all right. That sounds polite. But actually, we live in the modern world where we should be using more direct forms of communication. So actually, the reason we use these things is because we can't be bothered to bespoke our emails to suit our customers. So A, if you have to use email then the big rule is do not send something that sounds like you're sending to everybody else. If you're saying any of these sort of strange, I'm reaching out, I'm super excited, it's just a quick note, you're saying that to everyone. You're not saying it to me. What you should be saying is the reason we should speak is that I know that I can boom, 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 because I've looked at what you're doing and da, 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 and something bespoke that's going to make me go, wow, this person's really bothered to find out a reason why we should have a, a conversation. The first thing you should do is take a massive breath and think, why am I doing this? Am I just sitting down at my computer? I turn it on in the morning and I go, right, live in, live in the inbox. What's there? Fresh, refresh. Oh, who could I get? Why are you actually contacting them? What do you want to do? Do you want to help them with something? Can you sell them something? Now, there's nothing wrong with offering to sell somebody something, but you have to convince them of that. And if you are using email to begin this process, what might you possibly do to move them to the next stage where they want more information or they start to request things? And that's the thing with email. It's this information exchange. And the people who are also in their emails who you are contacting, they're busy too. So it's got to be very important. They might need to make time to read it. You could send them insights. You could send them a video. You could send them a white paper. You could send them something valuable, send them something that they didn't know about, send them something entertaining. And this really needs to be done quite carefully and with great consideration. There's also uh, another technique, which is a very, very short email, especially for a, a cold email to somebody you've never contacted before. The first thing is in the subject line, you keep it really succinct, but it is a desirable advantage that somebody could get from looking at this, whatever it may be. You then say, dear Bob, and then you write underneath it, a single question, okay? Would you like to see a short video that explains how we could make you more money, help you do this, do, 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 do something bespoke? So it's, but it's a yes or no answer. Because then mm-hmm. all I've got to do is go reply, yes, send. Five yeah. things and it's done. I'm not going to get a short video back. So that kind of thing is quite useful because you get an immediate 
bit of response. The real work is in the subject line and in that hook that gets them to respond. Let's talk about what's better about that. Rather than giving the information away straight up front, the person has to express an interest to be bothered to say, yes, I will see that. Now, that means that of all the people that you're giving your free information away to, half of them haven't requested it, didn't want it, and you're just giving it away. Much better to get them to request it. Now, one of the godfathers of marketing, Claude C. Hopkins, and he wrote a fantastic book called Scientific Advertising, he talked about sampling. He said all the companies that stand outside their bakery stores or confectionery stores giving away free chocolate are just giving people chocolate. Lovely. How much better to combine that by saying redeem this coupon to get your free chocolate because then you already have filled it in. You've expressed that you're interested in the chocolate or whatever the product would be. Now, he talked about the importance of filtering the customer to be bothered enough to give you some information to receive their free sample. If you're doing email marketing and wanting to get past gate people and you've got someone's email address, it should be really, do you want me to send you something that I think could help you learn this? And then they have to engage. Now, again, this is tough. And if they don't reply, what Bob and I are saying is don't use that channel. Get on the phone. Uh, explain that you realize you're not going to reach them on email and you want to get a message to this person that you wish them to see something. And what's the best way that that can be done? So please don't just live in your email because there are other channels. And we know that WhatsApp, it will appear in their phone if you've got their mobile number, same as a text. But I think right now there are people who are just sitting, looking at their screens, trying to come up with some golden email, and that just doesn't exist. Just to round off, I've been watching the, the series The Office, the American version of The Office, on Netflix recently, which um, has nearly 200 episodes. I mean, it's a massive series. And there's some quite interesting sales elements uh, in that. And there's one very funny one where one of the sales people rings up, and of course they're selling paper. They're paper merchants, and they're just selling reams of paper. And his opening is he introduces himself, and then he says, I heard that you're running short of some stationery. Okay, that's his opening. I heard that you're running short of some stationery. Mm. Now, that's a really clever thing, because you can imagine the person going, um, yes, as a matter of fact, we are. Because, you know, you look around you, because you think, well, that sounds reasonable. We probably are. And you immediately start saying, well, I could do with some paper. Right, well, I can help you with that. It's a really interesting, naughty way of, of opening up that uh, conversation. And what they do, they bring in a new website. And so there's a competition in a day to see if the website can sell more paper than a person. And this guy takes on this, hmm. um, this, this challenge and he rings so many people and just sells so many boxes of paper. It's unbelievable. And he manages to beat the computer. And it's a really highly amusing thing to watch. But I think there's something in that. Oh, that when you're good. selling something, why do we always limit ourselves to a few calls a day or arranging meetings? Why don't we just spend a day just banging on the phone, selling stuff over the phone, You know, selling small amounts of things that builds up to a big sale by the end of the day? I don't think we should lose that fun element of getting on a roll. And whenever you're on a roll, and I've heard Jeremy say this many times to me, I spoke to some people this morning, I'm on a roll, I'm going to keep going. Because that thing, you mm. don't want to lose it once you get onto it. And I'm afraid it's very tough to get on a roll if you're just relying on email. So by all means, have your marketing meetings deciding what is the collateral? What is the insight? What is the value you can offer? Can you get people to request it and be filtered towards it? They, Of course, they can be filtered to a webinar and whatever else it might be. But you really need to consider this. 
because if you are using email, it needs to be damn good. So let us know any thoughts. Yeah, anything else from you before we close? Um, if you are going to uh, review our podcast or make a comment, we'd love to read about what emails mm. you get and the language that's used in them that annoys you because we'd like to collect some more of these annoying uh, terms that crop up in email. So thanks for listening. We'll see you on another podcast soon. Uh, but in the meantime, enjoy. Cheers for now. Bye. Bob and Jeremy's Conflab. The Reality Podcast.